Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and this is my co-host Jared. What's up guys? How you doing? And today we're talking about Agartha, uh, it, Hollow Earth, Inner Earth, Theory, um, theory whatever you want to call it. Um, this, and I, this one spans all the way from um, Nazis to uh, 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 subterranean civilization underneath Earth. So it yeah, goes all so over the place. We're going. Get ready for a fun ride, guys. Occultism and yeah, so all sorts of stuff. I guess explorers uh, who believe this too, like it's all over the place. Learning there or content learning there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we always try to keep it PG. PG for the most part. But yeah. you know, it is important to talk about the past. Oh yeah. You know, even the hard Like truths. you can't. You know, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. I am Precisely. a very firm believer in that. And I think the years between 2016 to 2020 prove that pretty well. <laughs> but let's not get into that today. Yeah. That's not what okay. this is up. Yeah. So I'm going to start with this story. Um, these last few years elapsed since 1947 have not been kind. I now make my file, final entry in this singular diary in closing. I must state that I have faithfully kept this matter secret as directed all these years. It has been completely against my values of moral rights. Now I seem to sense the long night coming on, and this secret will not die with me. But as all truth shall, it will triumph, and so it shall. This can be the only hope for mankind. I have seen the truth, and it has quickened my spirit and set me free. I've done my duty towards the monstrous military-industrial complex. <laughs> now the long night begins to approach, but there shall be no end. Just as the long night of the Arctic ends, the brilliant sunshines of truth shall come again, and those who are of darkness shall fill in its light. For I have seen that land beyond the pole, that center of the great unknown. And that was Admiral Richard E. Byrd, of the United States Navy, dated December 24th, 1956. And he um, supposedly wrote this diary and he was the first man to fly over the Arctic in 1926. Interesting. But why, why don't you get to like Agartha? Yeah, so this is uh, the Hollow Earth Theory. Um, it was actually written in 1985. I found this on alaska.edu. Um, one can never be sure just how serious they are about it. But there does exist a group of people who call themselves the Flat Earth Society. Remember the news about them and the old gentleman who was invited to Kennedy to watch the Apollo moon launch but came away convinced that it was all a hoax? There's another group, equally vocal, who believe the Earth is hollow. Several years ago, a group, a group of believers informed a member of the Geophysical Institution staff that there was an opening to the center of the Earth in the Alaska Range, and that this was an entry and exit point for flying saucers. Modern-day proponents of the Hollow Earth Theory can refer non-believers to the book The Hollow Earth uh, uh, in 1979. It was written. Yeah, this ties into, you know, like Dolce Base and, you know, other hidden underground bases supposedly run by the government, you know. Yep. Judging from the initials he listed behind his name, holds just about every advanced academic degree, but it's apparently somewhat of a recluse. As a spokesman for the publisher states in the foreword of the book, I will not enter into any correspondence regarding this book or the author. 
whether you accept or reject the content of your book is your privilege no one cares <laughs> so that's what they said the crux of the hollow earth theory is that the earth is a shell with walls about 800 miles thick in the polar regions there are holes 1,400 miles across. That's how big these holes are, apparently. 1,000 Yeah, to get into the hollow earth. Yeah. And, like, you know, this kind of ties into, you know, flat earth ideology, right? Somewhat, because, yeah. like, they, they believe the North Pole is, like, at the center of the flat earth. And then the South Pole, you it's know, is like, that, is like that ice wall stuff. Yeah, the rim. And it's, like, protected by... Or it's guarded by, like, NASA scientists or whatever. Yeah. And, like, we don't know what's beyond the ice wall. You know? No one's ever explored it yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so they say the edges are curvedly, uh, curved smoothly from the outside of the shell around to the inside. A sea or surface traveler could proceed over an edge of the hole like an ant crawling over the lip of a coffee mug from the outside to the inside. Not and not be aware that he was actually entering the interior of the earth. Bernard explains that the whole, holes have never been seen from the air because pilots are fooled by their compasses into believing that they're, uh, they are crossing the pole when they are actually following the hole's magnetic rim. Thus, aircrafts never really fly over the geographic poles, which naturally mark the center of the holes themselves. As irrefutable proof of his claim, he cites Admiral, uh, Admiral Byrd's statement, I'd like to see that land beyond the pole. The area beyond the pole is great unknown. That's what you're talking right, about. Right, because like this whole thing with Admiral Byrd is he supposedly flew into this like giant landmass that he claims was like the size of the United States, which, you know, would... It's amazing how big this country is, you know, yeah. from coast and to coast. It's like 6,000 miles, but and, they're saying uh, the hole is only 1,400 across. Right. So that'd be no, the, no, the size of Agartha. Oh, of Agartha yeah. inside. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, well, like this landmass that's supposedly there. And, like, it's, you know, advanced technology, probably psychic technology or whatever. You know, just, you know, it's like... Lemuria or Atlantis, you know, they use crystal technology and healing and whatnot. You know? Yeah, advanced beyond our own means right yeah, now. Yeah, the sixth sense intuition or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, the hollow earth theory actually seems to have originated in the early 1800s by John Siemens, an earnest American who devoted the greater part of his latter life to convincing the world that the earth was formed by a series, series of uh, concentrical shells. Siemens believes that there were miles of wondrous unclaimed domain below our feet, with lush vegetation, fish, game for the taking. Apparently, uh, uh, there there were those who took him seriously. That was hard for me to say for some reason. Woo. Um, as reported back in October 1882, issue of Harper's New Monthly Magazine, Mr. Howgate had recently been in the news proposing that an expedition to be made uh, to discover uh, Simon's Hole. A seaman's hole. His plan was to have a number of men acclimate themselves to higher and higher latitudes moving further north each year. Um, they were to observe animals that preserve, uh, presumably wintered over within uh, the earth each year and emerged during the spring to bear young. Eventually, the colony of men were to follow the animals in the fall to find where they entered into the marvelous land at the center of the earth. Sadly, for this romantic concept, if today's believers are correct, the only thing they would find there now are flying saucers. And that's bad, why? 
I don't know. It doesn't say. That's just the end of that, that article. <laughs> Man, I'm, I would be really disappointed with that, obviously. Yeah, I know, right? Just uh, flying saucers. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's all you could find down there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a tragedy. So, I think it's important to give a quick overview of what the Earth's core actually is, and then we'll get back to the conspiracy theory. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, there's three. Well, I also have that as well too. Right. I well, I'll introduce it. I guess the three main layers are the crust, the mantle, you know, the middle, and the core. Mm -hmm. And you know, they have this like the, inner core like the core, core. You know, the problem with the hollow Earth theory is like, if it was hollow, there wouldn't be gravity, right? Because mm -hmm. in the center of the Earth, there's that thick, thick Ball magnetic. Like a bowl of iron. Yeah, like, like core, and that's where, you know, the magnet waves and, you know, isn't that the Earth's geomet geomagnetic poles mm -hmm. aligns with that or whatever? Yeah, um, it creates a, a magnetic field. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the crust really quick. There's crust ranges from 3 to 43.5 miles in depth and is the outermost layer. The thin parts are the oceanic crust, which underlie the ocean's basins and are composed of dense iron, magnesium, silicate, igneous rocks like basalt. The thicker crust is continental crust, which is less dense and composed of sodium, potassium, aluminum, silicate rocks like granite. Then we get to the mantle. The Earth's mantle extends to a depth of 20... 3,000 kilometers, making it the planet's thickest layer. The mantle is divided into the upper and lower mantle, separated by a transition zone. And uh, the mantle is composed of silicate rocks, richer in iron and magnesium than the overlying crust. And although solid, the mantle's extremely hot silicate material can flow over very long time scales. Um, Wow, I didn't know this. The source of heat that drives a convection current, you know, mm -hmm. um, I guess is like the magma within the earth flowing and whatnot. Yeah, it circulates. It has yeah. like a circulation, the, kind of like the ocean currents. Right, that drives this motion is the primordial heat left over from the plant's formation renewed by the radioactive decay of uranium, thorium, and potassium in Earth's crust and mantle. I didn't know it was radioactive, but... Okay. <laughs> and then the core, um, the average density of Earth is 5. Point, well, that doesn't matter. Uh, because the average density of surface material is only 3 uh, grams per cubic centimeter, and the, you know, the core is 5.5, uh, we must conclude that denser materials exist within Earth's core. Uh, so a Charles Hutton in his 1778 report concluded that the mean density of the earth must be metallic or the interior of the earth must be metallic. Um, and the inner core that was discovered in 1936 by, I'm just going to say I N G E inge. 
Inge Lehman, and is generally believed to be composed primarily of iron and some nickel. Mm -hmm. Since this layer is able to transmit sheer waves, it must be solid. Um, and it's solid because of the pressure. Even though right, it's such is, high pressure, you, yeah. you know, you just... Yeah, the, gravi the gravity... It's like the vacuum of space, you just... <laughs> you know, kind of squish. Um, so, other experimental studies show a discrepancy under high pressure diamond anvil. Studies at core pressures yield melting temperatures that are approximately 2,000 Kelvin below those from shock laser dynamic uh, studies. Um, the results are suggestive of that the inner core conditions will depend on whether the inner core is a solid or is plasma with the density of a solid. Mm. Isn't plasma like the fourth state of matter kind of? Yeah. Because there's liquid, um, solid, and solid and gas. Uh, yeah, gas. Yeah, but uh, like like plasma. you were saying, it's like nickel, iron. You know, just you know, highly magnetic. Metals. Metals. That creates the Earth's uh, electromagnetic field. Um, so, some have speculated that the innermost part of the core is enriched in gold, platinum, and other sideropile elements. Um, okay, that doesn't... Okay, well, why, why don't I... Bump it back to you. Yes, this one is the uh, whole earth is filled with giants, Germans, and a little sun. Um, <laughs> because why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go everywhere, apparently. I mean, do you remember the episode with Bigfoot being, what is he, he was a Buddhist disciple? Yeah, there's a Buddhist do you remember disciple that version one? of it. There's also like, oh they're alien, uh, there's also another one where they're like alien, uh, 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 like probes, basically. Like they go around and they're like, basically keeping an eye on earth but they beam up and that's yeah it's like the um i'm sorry but my favorite was the ancient aliens one where they speculate that bigfoot is an escaped zoo animal space animal <laughs> like interesting or you know like a human yeah. animal hybrid or something something like that know? yeah interesting but yeah back to mine um, from uh, time uh, immemorial, um, people have believed that there is another world lying just beneath the surface of our planet. To a number of uh, uh, cultures, the ancient Greek for one, it has a dark place filled with souls of the dead, but for most of these early beliefs were metaphorical and mythological in origin. Modern science holds that the Earth is an unbroken series of layers, crust, and liquid magma surrounding a dense, hot core made primarily of iron and nickel. But not everyone is convinced. In the 17th century, some uh, leading uh, minds of the time came up with a new theory that the planet is actually hollow. This idea has proven incredibly durable. Even today, there's a small C-A-D-R-E. How do you pronounce that? What? C-A-D-R-E. Cater? Cater of hollow earth believers. There's a small cater of... Cadre? Uh, C-A-D-R-E? Yeah, cadre. Cadre. Sorry. Sorry. Never heard of that word. 
of hollow earth believers who are uh, fighting valiantly to validate their ideas through books, websites, meetings, and then some extremely yeah. So so it's just like flat earth, you yeah, know. It's just flat. another flat earth, just know. a different conception of it. Yeah. Yeah. My conception of the hollow earth, based on my research, is that the shell of the earth is 800 miles thick from the outside to the inner surface. Um, the author of the world's top secret. Oh, so it's a book. Um, he was saying, basically saying. He went even further in our phone conversation. Half the planet is taken up by surface weight, and then there's empty space. And then something else. Suspended in the center of that hollow is an interior sun that is divided by day and night cycles. The other part of the hollow earth theory is that near the north and south poles are substantial openings that lead to the interior. Hollow earth theory sounds like a science fiction and is often presented as such. But some, history, uh, some of history's greatest scientists have subscribed to it, and at one point, it seems downright logical. I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just makes sense. It just makes sense. It's so logical. Um, the scientific basis of the hollow earth. So this goes into their scientific thinking, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, possibly the first person to scientifically speculate about a hollow earth was none other than Ed Edmund Hollett Haley of, Haley Comet, uh, of Haley's Comet fame. Proposed in 1692 as a way of explaining anomalous compass readings, Haley's theory is that the planet is a series of nested spherical shells spinning in different directions. So if they spin in different directions, wouldn't it tear apart the crust if they're spinning in opposite directions? Well, I mean, you have to remember these people, you know, they weren't as... And this was back in 1692. Yeah, they, they didn't understand as much as we do now scientists did nowadays exactly um spinning in different directions all surrounded surrounding a central core and his estimate based on readings of the magnetic field and what he knew of the gravitational pull of the sun and moon on earth this model could account for any inaccuracies in his reading of the magnetic field of the planet he also uh, proposed that the space between each shell may have had a luminous atmospheres capable of supporting life Interesting, I guess. Haley's strange idea was expanded upon over the next few centuries, toss, tossing out the messy view of multiple spheres for the most, much funnier version that the entire interior of the Earth is just one impossibly large cavern. Generally, this new view of the hollow Earth is accompanied with the theory of small sun that hangs in the very center, creating a lush, livable environment on the flip side of the Earth's surface. According to a number of hollow Earth websites, the this vision was developed among uh, famous mathematician scientists such as Leohard uh, Euler in the 18th century, John Sir Leslie in the 19th century. Although the sources for these accreditations seem to be somewhat nebulous. I, what does nebulous mean? Mysterious. Uh, um, unknown. Um, maybe? I don't know. Well, continue on. Regardless of where it originated, the model of the hollow earth managed to grow and survive. In 1818, John Savea Sames Jr. published Circu uh, Circular Number 1, declaring that to the world that the earth is hollow. Sames, a veteran of war in 1812, an unsuccessful trader, soon... Um, traitor. No, not traitor. Trader. <laughs> trader. He would trade goods and stuff. Unsuccessfully, apparently soon became maybe the most famous and successful proponent of the hollow earth theory. He was basically a pirate. <laughs> His initial vision of the earth's interior was like a simplified version of Haley's multi-layered model, with the exception that Symes' version included large holes at the north and south pole, which allowed access to the hidden world inside. These holes, which uniquely in addition to our, uh, hollow earth theory, 
uh, would even come to be known as Siemens Holes. Ah, that's a great name. Dude. I always say Simons. Simons. Even though we're pronouncing it wrong. It's S-Y-M-M-E-S. -M -M -E yeah, just say Simon. In his first declaration, Simon proposed to mount an expedition to the North Pole, where he was sure they could locate one of these uh, apertures, gain access to the interior Earth. He too believed that the interior of the Earth not only could, but did support life, saying in circular number one that inside the Earth would be stocked with uh, thrifty ve uh, vegetables, animals, if not men. Uh, Simon believed that his theory was not science fiction, but science, in fact. It applied not only to Earth, but to all planetary bodies. To him, the whole universe was hollow. Even in the 19th century, uh, Simon's theories were greeted with a desert, uh, derision um, from the public and scientific community. He would not be silenced. Simon continued to campaign, giving lectures and publishing letters about the hollow Earth theory, always angling for an expedition to the North Pole that would prove his theory. Uh, barreling uh, right through the skeptics, Simon was eventually able to convince enough people of the possibility of this hollow earth that in 1822, he, uh, his supporters actually got Congress to vote on funding for his expedition. The grant was shot down. But Simon... Oh, you mean we don't fund stupid things? <laughs> but Simon believed in the interior earth never die. He continued to campaign for the theory until his death in 1849. Okay, um, so I'd like to touch back to Admiral Byrd because, uh, you know, I think it keeps tying back to him. Mm -hmm. Like, he's one of the more prominent, well-known, prominent, you know, explorers, whatever. So this is from Gaia. Admiral Byrd and the Hollow Earth Expedition. Uh, between the time of the Great Depression and World War II, as Admiral Richard E. Byrd of the U.S. Navy pioneered further exploration of the Poles, and after a multitude trips of trips to the Arctic territories, there is one Byrd narrative that sticks out more than the rest. His record-setting flight over the North Pole. According to an alleged diary entry during his polar flight, Byrd came across a warm, lush climate with mammoth-like creatures and an ancient human race that had been residing within the earth. Oh. I think it is worth mentioning here, Jared, that like, you know, flat earth, like they say the South Pole is like, you know, they're, you know, the North Pole is like the center of the earth and like the South Pole is like the ice wall. Yeah, ice wall you know, on the outside of it. Um, here they're talking about the North Pole. And South Pole. They both have openings. Right. Well, here he, they're talking about the North Pole, which, Specific. you know, to me is interesting that, you know, there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, is, his plane was commandeered midair and landed for him by people in the center of the earth who intercepted his plane with saucer-shaped aircraft. Interesting. Upon landing, he was met by emissaries of a civilization many assumed to be the mythical Agartha. These alleged Agarthans expressed their concern about humanity's use of atomic bombs during World War II and employed Byrd as their ambassador to return to the U.S. government and relay their sentiment. Um, so I, I did find a website that like listed his um, diary. Oh. So I think I'm going to do an add-on to this at the end of this, reading his, his diary from start to finish, because I, I feel that'd be interesting. It would be. Um, 
but I can add that uh, later on. The striking issue regarding the validity of this diary entry is that it is dated February 1947. If it is to be believed this story covers Burr's inaugural flight over the North Pole, then one need only look at the actual date when he achieved this feat more than 20 years earlier on May 9th of 1926. In fact, upon further inspection, it appears Bird probably didn't quite reach the North Pole and instead fabricated his navigation records, poaching credit from another team that actually set the record a few days later. <laughs> <laughs> it's always... <laughs> it's always something, you know? True. I, I love it. High jump, um, wait. But what makes this entry so intriguing is that if it is real, could it have potentially been misconstrued from a later mission to Antarctica? Is it actually referring to the notorious Operation High Jump? I've never heard of that. High Jump was one of the largest operations ever conducted in Antarctica with over 4,000 men sent to study, map, and reside on the continent for eight months. Those poor bastards. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Have you ever seen footage of it? It's always snowing. It's mm -hmm. miserable. You know, like you're North on a... South Pole, you're like... Yeah. You look... To me, I'd rather be on Mars almost, you know? Like, <laughs> with, uh, with an atmosphere. <laughs> hopefully before Elon Musk lands there. Um, the expedition included 13 Navy support ships, an aircraft carrier, helicopters flying boats, and an array of more traditional aircraft. Interesting. What the heck is a flying boat? I'm Want sure. to look that up? Uh, this expedition, as well as the subsequent Operation Deep Freeze eight years later, established an American military presence on Antarctica, which is prohibited today. I guess we had to protect the polar bear. Oh, I know what a flying boat is. It's a fixed sea wing, uh, seaplane. Oh, that's cool. Wing seaplane, yeah. Okay. It, it like just you know like. It could take off from the water. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, Bird later told a reporter for the Chilean newspaper El Mercurio that his expedition taught him the U.S. should quote prepare for the possibility of hostile planes coming from the polar regions as part of a quote recapitulation of his own polar experience. Many took this to be evidence of the flying craft he saw coming from what is believed to have been Agartha, and then, you know, it leads into the Germans from World War II. Trying to explore it, yeah. yeah. But, so, um, why, why don't I bounce it back to you, and then, um, I did find an article that I want to uh, talk about really quickly. It's from NASA ooh. on the core of Mars. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, so I'll continue with what the other article I was reading. Even after uh, Simon's death, his idea continued to thrive amongst believers. Students and admirers of Simon's work, even Simon's own son, continued to publish material explaining increasingly odd theory. One bizarre offshoot of the traditional Hollow Earth theory puts forth by natural healer and uh, eventual cult leader Tyrus Teed. Uh, I've never heard of them. Either, either of I, Cyrus Teed. Even inverted this, the idea devising a cellular cosmology. The place that the entire universe inside a shell. According to Teed's thinking, we are actually living on the inside of the hollow earth, looking up at the universe, uh, which itself was just an illusion created by strange solar mechanics. So let, let's tie that to flat earth really quick, Jared. So there's 
you know, the flat earth, and then there's, like, that, you know, Invisible. a lot of them believe that there's, like, that dome. That right? houses our atmosphere. Yeah, that houses the sun, the moon, and then, like, all the stars, you know? Yeah. Because you've seen that map, right? Yeah, you've shown me it. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, they do tie it together. You know, it's kind of the same. It's, like, the same but different at the same time. Right. It's weird. I, I'm not saying they're one-to-one, -one, but, you know. Yeah. They wouldn't agree with each other, though. Right, right. <laughs> The stars were just reflections of the mechanics. Yeah, I mean, I guess they are advocating that the Earth is round, right? Yep. Because for it to be hollow, it'd have it to be, be round. round. You know, yeah. if it's flat, it's... Flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stars are just reflections of the mechanic uh, mechanics lights. That would Teeth. be hilarious to see a pipe between two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it out. But what about this? It's hollow. It's flat. What about the North Pole? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> Teeth's theories managed to gain enough traction that a small cult developed around him. Of course called, it did. Called the Korshan Unity after Teed renamed oh God, himself Koresh. David Koresh. Um, the Koreshian established an extensive colony in uh, Estero, Florida in 1894. But most of the community disbanded after Ted's death in 1908. Oh, wait. Is it K-O-R-E-S-H? Yeah. Dude! Have you heard of Waco? S-H-A-N-S. Have you heard of Waco, Texas? Texas? Yeah, I've heard of that. Do you, do you remember the compound? Yeah. That The leader's name was David Koresh. Hmm. I wonder if they're related. Maybe. Because uh, he renamed himself uh, Koresh. K-O-R-E-S-H. Wow. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. Both Ted and uh, Simon, uh, Sim, Sim, Sims, Simon, Simon, yeah, simplify it. Still have moments uh, dedicated to um, uh, monuments dedicated to their work and beliefs. The location of the Koreshian community made their home is now protected by the Koreshian State Historic Site, while Ohio's Hollow Earth Monument is dedicated to Simon's work. Even as unbelievable as the belief of Simon and Teed were. As the Hollow Earth theory grew in the 20th century, it began to take on even more of a supernatural era. So from science to science fiction is the next portion of it, but I'll kick it back to you to read your portion. Yeah, well, this is the Mars thing. Yeah, go for it, dude. Yeah, I, I just think that's cool. Yeah, um, so new information about what is inside Mars shows the red planet has a molten liquid iron core, you know, unlike ours. That's like, what, maybe plasma, right? Yeah. Confirming the interior of the planet has some similarity to Earth and Venus, but it's still different. Researchers at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, analyzing three years of radio tracking data from the Mars Global Surveyor spacecraft, conclude that Mars has not cooled to a completely solid iron core. Rather, its interior is made up of either a completely liquid iron core or a liquid outer core with a solid inner core. And their results, uh, well, Earth was, Earth has a outer liquid iron core and solid inner core. This may be the case for Mars as well, according to Dr. Charles Yoder. Um, Mars is influenced by the gravitational pull of the sun. This causes a solid body tide with the bulge toward and away from the sun, hmm. similar in concept to the tides on Earth. You know, because there used to be water on Mars. Yeah. Now it's like, what, the polar ice caps or something? Yeah, they're all, it's all frozen under. Yeah, it's all frozen under, you know. You know, if we were, like, to t terraform Mars, we... I think they literally said they'd, like, nuke 
the polar ice caps to like to melt them. Yeah, to melt them. I think that'd be cool. Huh? I, I don't, but wouldn't that ra cause radiation within the atmosphere? Well, I mean, look at like a nuclear bomb over like Hir Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like fifty like years it, later, it takes a while to. Well, it dissipated. Yeah, it, it dissipates it a lot quickly. You, you know, it's not like Chernobyl. Yeah. You know, Chernobyl. Was it constantly? I, I mean, I guess like wildlife has started living there again, which. If you watch documentaries on it, it's uh, kind of unstable, mm -hmm. to say the least. Apparently, there's radioactive boars there, too. But, um, <laughs> interesting. you know, like like I was saying, it dissipates differently. Like, yeah. like if you look up, like, the elephant's foot. Yeah. Have you heard of that? That's the Chernobyl reactor that went critical. Oh. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Uh However, for Mars, this bulge is much smaller, less than one centimeter. By measuring this bulge in the Mars gravity field, we can determine how flexible Mars is. The size of this measured tide is large enough to indicate that the core of Mars cannot be solid iron, but must be at least partially liquid. Um, why don't I kick it back to you? Yeah, and this kind of ties into what you're talking about, science uh, to science fiction. This is kind of like the 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 kind of like change in the hollow earth theory um so how you were talking about science now this will kind of go into more of a science fiction type theme so jules verne published a journey to the center of the earth which is fairly famous even to this day you know what i mean um which was well yeah because they made movies and all that stuff yeah. yeah uh which has proposed a weird a world inside our own while it was not the first work of fiction to propose such a thing it could be argued that the first such work a fiction regarding the weird world inside of our own is Dante's poem Inferno. Well, that was a uh, religious work. That, that was, was a depiction a, of hell. Yeah, like seven layers of hell. But that's what they were talking about in the other uh, article that I read is that um, back before the Hollow Earth Theory came to fruition, well, not fruition because it's not this true. This is the but, Atlas Obscura article. Yeah. Yeah. You got that too? Yeah. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Um, uh, Vernon's work quickly became the benchmark for such fantasy tales, giving steam to a whole subgenre of subterranean science fiction. Many of these stories use the theories of Hales uh, and uh, Simon as jumping off points for fairy, for tales of weird prehistoric jungles, highly advanced lost races of humans. The 19 or 1892 novel, The Goddess of Ab Abbebar, and or the history of the discovery of the internal world uses. Simon's model as a basis for a tale of rich interior world inhabited by a race of spiritually enlightened beings. Yeah, so that's, Jared, that kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't think I've covered this with you, but I have like read, uh, so, you know, Mount Shasta, mm -hmm. and then like one of the sunken continents is, you know, there's Atlantis, Mu, and Lemuria. Lemuria is the one off the coast of mm -hmm. like, uh, in the Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. you know how Atlantis was supposedly between, like America and Europe. Yeah. In the Atlantic Ocean, I guess. Uh, yeah, Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, like the Lemurians are, you know, live under Mount Shasta in the city of Telos, and you know people have been able to visit that city by remote viewing. Yeah. Or like visions, or you know, like. This all started with a book called A Traveler on Two Planets or Two Worlds or something. Traveler on Two Worlds? Yeah. 
1906, but like these Lemurians are supposedly like spiritually advanced beings, like they're mentioning here. Yeah, you know, like they have this weird uh, acorn or walnut shaped organ on their forehead. Uh, you know, yeah, mm. that like lets them gives them psychic powers and whatnot. Basically another century. Yeah, have have you ever seen those depictions of, like, the Eye of Horus? Oh, like the Third Eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Third Eye. Yeah. Yeah, kind of of imagine like that. Just a variation Don't they say humans have kind of like a Third Eye? Well, they're talking about... Like the pineal gland? The pineal gland and decalcifying it, and that's getting into uh, number 17, wink, wink, you know. That that material, so let's kind of hear skip over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Modern belief in the hollow theory, um, hollow earth theory, can be a bit be a bit hard to pin down, encompassing such a, a yeah, it's uh, just like flat earth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 disparage uh, subjects as the Northern Lights, and even as uh, even an escaping Hitler, the Germans did make it to hollow earth. They made a deal with the people in hollow earth. The largest proponent of the theory. Seems to be singular thinkers like Colt Clough, who often have their own spins on the hypothesis or hold up what they consider to be true evidence. Despite the variations, a few themes do seem to be common among hollow earth truthers. Among most believers, the inside of the hollow earth is a lush tropical paradise that very likely houses an advanced race of human alien slash giants. Well, wow, that's all over the place. Are they humans? Are they aliens? Or are they giants? Or are they all three there? They're probably a hybrid species. So they're a giant human alien. It's where Bigfoot escaped from. Giant human alien with uh, yeah. extra yeah. powers. He was their pet. He was their pet. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> in most scenarios, the inhabitants are the descendants of ancient races such as the Lemurians, or as in Cliff's views, the lost ten tribes of Israel. Guided there through the northern why not? North Pole opening by God Himself. No matter where they come <laughs> they from, they go there. <laughs> this is where you're destined to be. Yeah. They are generically, uh, generally characterized as peace loving. <laughs> generally <laughs> characterized as peace loving and advanced far beyond our own. They have flying saucers technology. They live uh, lives of perfect health for hundreds of years. Man, I wish I could live for hundreds of years. That'd be cool go explore a bunch of cool places their science is much more advanced because they live much longer lives says Clough Cliff Cliff Clough it's spelled like Cliff but with a U Clough Clough I don't know um, I'll, I'll get out of here McAfee I don't thank you uh, the perfect climate believed to exist in hollow earth is said to produce animals and people that are larger and far more healthy than those on the surface it has the perfect temperature God made the interior sun so that it provided heat during the night and a little bit less at night. Trees grow up to a thousand feet tall. Apparently everything's giant there. Yeah, apparently. Here, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna look up the world's tallest tree. Humans even grow up to 15 feet tall. Because of the I- ideal conditions, animals and life uh, grows really large also. The interior world is sometimes called or associated with Agartha, a legendary city at the Earth's core often tied to Eastern mythicism. Okay, so the world's tallest tree Redwood? Is a kind of redwood. Yep. Yeah. California. It's 300 feet. It's a tree named Hyperion. Ooh. That's cool. Um, I think I might have driven by it. I remember driving through redwoods and seeing a sign for Hyperion. Yeah. Uh, if you're buying redwood nowadays, the best grade you can buy is B grade redwood. Uh, support your local lumber yard. But, <laughs> um, hint, hint. 
Um, wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Redwood has sapwood in it nowadays, no matter what you do. So, yeah, enjoy that. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, here it goes on to say, Jerry, that one of the most popular pieces of evidence for Hollow Earth is the secret journal entry. Uh, by Admiral Byrd, uh, who claimed to be the first person to fly over the North and South Pole. And, you know, he claims that this was covered up. But at the end of this episode, I'm going to read uh, his diary from start to finish. But um, Are you going to create another uh, another episode? No, it just, this is going to be a longer one, but that's fine. It, I can record up to two hours on this. Oh, I thought it was only 60 minutes. Uh, one portion can be 60 minutes, but uh, you, as the lovely people on Reddit, yelled at me for, quote, spreading misinformation, which, <laughs> sorry, I didn't understand. I haven't understood podcasting for almost three years. Like, I did YouTube for three years before I even started podcasting, and the only reason I'm even doing it now is because Anchor does all the background work and yeah. stores the files and does everything and syndicates it, you know. So you thank you, Anchor. But, you know, like, you figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mad about it, but you know, <laughs> it's just like... Frustrating. Yeah. So I have another uh, piece right here. Fear of the hollow planet. If it is to believe, If it is to be believed that the Earth is in fact hollow, home to all inner... All manners of super race and megafauna. Why have we never contacted them or gone there? According to Clough, we have. But an inter international banking conspiracy has worked to cover up the existence of hollow earth and hide evidence of any uh, of uh, oh Simon's holes. God. Why would a banking conspiracy be a thing? <laughs> How does that even tie in? I mean, okay, I guess we're going to get to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories now. Maybe. Because why not? Yeah. Apparently. Um, this sort of paranoia, conspiratorial thinking tends to be another hallmark among modern hollow earth believers because really. I haven't even watched any videos on these supposed people that exist. Um, watched flat earth videos. <laughs> because really, there is no other force that keep, could be keeping us from engaging with the wonders of the inner earth, given our current level of technology and exploratory freedom. One of the most popular pieces of evidence for Hollow Earth is a supposed secret journal by Ad Admiral Richard Byrd, which you will read, right? Yeah, at the end of this episode. Yep, who claimed to be the first person to fly over the North and South Pole. According to Believers, Byrd's secret journal from 1947 included the report of flying into one of Simon's holes and making contact with the race that lived inside the Earth. The Agarthans. Yeah, the Agarthans. Yeah. Of course, this too has supposedly been covered up. Because... If it's been covered up, why didn't they take uh, his, his journals offline, you know what I mean? Like, why did they destroy all evidence of it? Well, know? I mean, like we said, the journal is dated 1947, but mm -hmm. his expedition happened in 1926. Mm -hmm. So, apparently he's got a really good memory. Like, I don't remember stuff from 20 years ago that well. I mean... But he's, like, quoting these Agartha's word for word in it, you know? Yeah. Maybe he wrote it down and he just I, kind of I put it in his journal. I don't know. Um, throughout the it mid seems like a forgery. Yeah. Throughout the mid-2000s and into the early 2010s. Or that he was a liar. <laughs> or that too. 
Clough was actually a part of a long gestating exploration expedition known mostly recent known most recently as the North Pole Inner Earth Expedition. Unfortunately, after a number of setbacks, including backers and members of the team falling victim to calamities ranging from cancer to fatal plane crashes, the expedition was put on hiatus. And had the expedition been successful, the team would have uh, chartered one of the world's largest ice-breaking ships straight to the North Pole, where they would have attempted to contact the uh, Dionys of the hollow earth through the hole they believed they were Denizens. Denizens. Um, Clough uh, believed that the various setbacks to the project are work of an internal banking conspiracy, but is hopeful that they will someday be able to get funding and a new expedition later to help continue the project. And now the guy's dead, so yep. I guess... He even if he doesn't, the hollow earth theory will likely to continue on until humans can actually peer into the earth's core. Who can say that it, it's not filled with Germans, aliens, or a very small sun? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, okay, well, I guess we're going to end part one here because right now we're at 45, so. Mm. Um, well, I also have, I have a Gia uh, article if you want me to read that. No, let's. All right, we can make, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because it's going to be long yeah. enough to read the journal entry. Yeah, that's so, much is going to be long. So, this is the end of part one. Um, Agartha, kind of hollow earth, Admiral Bird, I guess. Uh, the Simmons guy. Yeah. Simons. 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 Uh, Simons. This has been your host, Luke. Co-host, Jared. Yeah, co-host, Jared. And uh, this will lead into part two of reading Admiral Bird's um, diary from start to finish. Yes, yes. Have a good day. And thank you guys. Take it easy.